Wake up, America, before it's too late. The Steve Day Show. And greetings. Happy Wednesday. Welcome to the Steve Day Show here, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. My name is Steve Dace. His name is Todd Erzin. His name is Aaron McIntyre. You have a name too, and maybe one day we will learn it. Via the stevedace.com inbox, which you can access by emailing the show. Steve at stevedace.com. Look for us on Facebook, MeWe, and Gab. Follow me at Steve Dace Show on Twitter, Getter, Instagram, and TikTok. And then you can find me over on Truth Social at Real Steve Dace as well. It's our first Wednesday of the year. So just to remind you, Wednesday, pretty much set in stone. Uh, we'll get into buy, sell, or hold at the bottom of this hour. And then... Uh, whatever is left over, and it won't be the leftovers because Aaron doesn't rank these in some priority order like he probably should. He just randomly assorts the ones that he likes in the order that he liked them by seeing them. And whatever we have left over, we don't have time to, we'll get to in the overtime today for Blaze TV subscribers. Right after the show, we'll record that for you at blazetv.com slash dace, which is also where you can go to become a Blaze TV subscriber if you would like. So we'll get to as many buy seller holds that you have submitted to us beginning at the bottom of the hour. And then we will welcome back, it has been a minute, the weekly profit of optimism and encouragement. What happened to my Daniel Horowitz? I mean, by his standards anyway. And let's be honest, that's the low bar. But by his standards, he's been downright giddy this week. Just downright giddy. Um, <laughs> I don't know what to do with that. I mean, I'm... <laughs> It's the uh, the speaker fight, how it turned out, the, yeah. the the what they got in return, what they leveraged. I mean, don't get me wrong. He he completely doesn't trust anybody that we made the deal with. Doesn't think they'll follow through on anything in the end, and nothing good will come out of Washington. I I, I don't want you to begin to look for a star in the East. All right, I mean <laughs> we're still talking about Daniel Horowitz here, okay? But you know. He at least thinks that something good came out of this. When was the last time Daniel and I had a conversation? He thought, that's a good outcome for us. I have no idea. I, I honestly don't know. So um, we'll see what state of mind he is in, if he's in his right mind. Because I think if there's one thing we all need here as we plummet into the desolation of winter in January... It's to pile on with some woe and lamentation. Right on? Right Add on. It. All right. So Daniel will join us here towards the end of the program. But before we get to all of that, let us begin, as we always do, with Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by Third World Crap. The Federal Aviation Administration grounded all airline flights this morning until about mid-morning after computer system outage overnight left the agency scrambling. Mums the word on whether it was a cyber attack. So just to back up and as Blaze TV's Jason Buttrell noted on Twitter, in just the last two years we've had a massive railroad strike that had to be stopped by congressional intervention, continued supply chain failures with apparently no end in sight, and the entire country's air Lines grounded just because of broken computers, and yet Rear Admiral Buttigieg, eminently qualified as mayor of South Bend, 
gets to keep his job. Moving on, Air Force Academy cadet and a player on the Academy's football team, Hunter Brown, died suddenly this week while leaving his dormitory on the way to class. In completely unrelated news, here's a clip of Dr. Anthony Fauci and others back in 2019 on the best method to introduce mRNA jabs. Why don't we blow the system up? I mean, obviously we can't just turn off the spigot on the system we have and then say, hey, everyone in the world should get this new vaccine we haven't given to anyone yet. But there must be some way that we grow vaccines mostly in eggs the way we did in 1947. In order to make the transition from getting out of the tried and true egg growing, which we know gives us results that can be you know, beneficial. I mean, we've done well with that to something that has to be much better. Uh, you have to prove that this works and then you've got to go through all of the clinical trials, phase ones, phase twos, phase three, and then show that this particular product is going to be good over a period of years. That alone, if it works perfectly, is going to take a decade. There might be a need or even an urgent call for uh, an entity right. of excitement out there that's completely disruptive, that's not beholden to bureaucratic strings and, and, and processes. So we really do have a problem of how the world perceives influenza and it's going to be very difficult to change that unless you do it from within and say, I don't care what your perception is, we're going to address the problem in a disruptive way and in an iterative way because you do need both. But it is not too crazy to think that an outbreak of an, a novel avian virus could occur in, in China somewhere. We could get the RNA sequence from that, beam it to a number of regional centers, if not local, if not even in your home at some point. The Pentagon has finally dropped its jab mandate for troops. Meanwhile, fake scientist Neil deGrasse Tyson is still claiming the COVID jabs stop transmission. Oh, your own body, your own body. Sorry. If you want to get an abortion, get an abortion. If I want to get the vaccine, I get to choose. So you can't force, if, if I can't force you to get an abortion, you shouldn't be able to force because me to get Because it's the not about you. It's about people you interact with. And that's the social contract of public but we health. don't we don't even know if the vaccine worked or not at the time yes that's what the trials are dude that's why these trials what, are you missing data out but, there but let me ask you a question are we saying only one type of scientists are right no we're saying that the system in place the 16,000 oh, that signed that no 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 the, the system in place to test vaccines yeah. th th there's an entire system that's in place that that with review boards and all of this, yeah, the average that's in place. Now you can say you can ch what you can say is, I I have a better idea than all these review boards and all these agencies and the CDC. I have a better idea. Here's what you should do, and that would have made everything better. Okay, you can put forth that idea, but what I'm saying is, in a case where you can contaminate someone else, it's not about you. It's about the collective. You're assuming health. The newest figures are out on which states lost the most residents between 2021 and 2022. No surprises at the top. New York led the country, losing 180,000 residents, followed by California with 113,000, Illinois at 104,000, Pennsylvania at 40,000, and Louisiana rounds out the top five, losing nearly 37,000 residents. Over the two years starting in 2020 and ending at the end of 2021, Texas gained 884,000 residents, Florida 706,000 residents, 
North Carolina, 259,000. Arizona, 207,000. And Georgia, 201,000. Checking in on California with Ellen DeGeneres. Speaking of not messing with nature, here's a mental illness update. So I just had to call out sick from work because I've had these awful, unexplainable stomach cramps all day. And I just, I really, really hope that I'm sick because, you know, I've been on hormones for a year and I've heard people say that this is around the time when they start getting like period cramps. And if I have to deal with this once a month, I am going to be so upset. I don't have 12 sick days a year. I'm just going to have to power through. That sounds awful. And now for some good news. Here's this headline from Vice of all places. Some trans people are preparing to flee the U.S. and seek asylum abroad. And finally, this. Are you or a loved one suffering from a medical coincidence? You want proper medical care but you don't want people sniffing around asking a whole bunch of questions about what might be causing your problem. At the Kaufman Institute for Coincidence, we won't look into the cause of your heart or other problem, we'll just fix it. That's right, we promise to only look at your symptoms. We won't get all curious looking for causes because that could get your employer or your doctor into some legal hot water, and nobody wants that. At Kaufman, we understand that coincidence is now the leading cause of death. Over here. If we want to operate at the speed of science, there's no time for looking for causes. No pesky questions about drugs or vaccines you may have been given. At Kaufman, we specialize in the effects and leave the causes to the conspiracy theorists. And let's be honest, we know the cause anyway. It was a coincidence, right? For each new patient, Kaufman's talented team of doctors strap on their blinders and look directly at the problem area, usually the heart, just like the CDC recommends. Our main campus now treats myocarditis, blood clots, heart arrhythmia, stroke, heart attack, magnetic skin, difficulty breathing, full body blisters and burning, convulsions, kidney failure, memory loss, cancer, sudden death, and much, much more. Give your coincidence the attention it deserves, but not the wrong kind of attention. At Kaufman, schedule your appointment today at KaufmanCoincidence.com and receive a doctor's note with a real sciency sounding explanation to provide to your anti-vax friends, proving to them it was definitely not the vaccine that caused your coincidence. Kaufman, because coincidences happen pretty much all the time. I looked and looked and could not find a definitive source for that, but I know it was shared by somebody named David Wolf on Twitter, and that's what happened while we were away. It's January 11th, that might be the video of the year. When we are sitting here with our clip of the year in 11 months, you might have played it already. We're going to talk more about that here in a minute. Aaron's Montage brought to you by our friends over at Bonner Private Wines. 
You've heard me talking about the amazing Extreme Altitude Wines from Bonner Private Wines and their partnership before. 9,000 feet of altitude is where their Malbec grapes are grown deep in the Andes Mountains by families that have been doing this for going on a second century now. Blackberry, leather, smoke, little dark cherry, some of the best red wines literally on planet Earth. And you'll not only get wine for over 50% off, plus the free shipping, which for imported wine, that's a big deal. But you'll also get a bonus bottle of small batch limited production wine from their exclusive wine cellar. So that's four bottles for the price of three. This deal really hard to turn down the big discount plus a fourth bottle for the price of, of three when you visit BonnerPrivateWines.com slash Steve. Claim your bonus bottle and become a part of America's most unique wine club today. BonnerPrivateWines.com slash Steve received an email in my inbox from a listener who's, uh, I think she said her son is a cadet at the Air Force Academy. This email came in shortly after our show, before the news of, of, of the Air Force football player there, um, was walking to class from what I understand. Correct. Uh, and just co- collapsed. Cardiac event died suddenly. And, um, and she sent me this note. And then, of course, this news ends up going viral and going national. And she points out, you know, they made everybody get that poison jab. The elite of the elite get admitted into the Air Force Academy. What are the odds? What are the odds that two entities, let me stop right here. If you're passively listening to the program, and I get it, I, I got uh, things to do and I, I've got podcasts and stuff that I need to listen to and get caught up on and I've got to multitask to get done all the stuff that I'm involved in. I understand it, okay? And that's why I would rarely do what I'm about to do. But I think the question I am about to pose is so vitally important. I would urge you. If you have me on in the background, stop for a second. Whatever else you're doing, unless it's an emergency, you got kids, then pause it and come back, okay? Because I think this question is vitally important to ponder, to absorb, and then for you to begin to repeat to everyone you know. The service academies in the National Football League offer perhaps the greatest health care system available in our country. One in the public sector and then one in the private. The physical well-being of those involved is paramount. In each pursuit they are offering to sacrifice their bodies to some degree. And if you are enlisted as a cadet, your entire life, if that calling should come. In these two pursuits, both in the public and private sector, perhaps the most intense monitoring and surveilling of pre-existing conditions, preventative issues, chronic conditions, take place 
in comparison to the entirety of the rest of our society. So with that stipulated to, I ask this question. What are the odds that in the span of a week, you would see a 24-year-old player in the NFL collapse suddenly from a cardiac event on national television, requiring him to be resuscitated on field, not once, but twice. And then a freshman cadet football player at Air Force collapse and die suddenly walking to class of a cardiac event. What are the odds of that happening? In both of these pursuits in a week, what are the odds? Who receives more extensive and thorough health care in the private sector than the athletes in both the most dangerous and lucrative entertainment industry in the world? The National Football League. Who receives more extensive and thorough monitoring, preventative health care in the public sector than the elite of the elite? Those who qualify and are admitted into service academies and then those within those service academies that are good enough at the same time they are the elite of the elite of society they're also good enough to go on scholarship to play college football for a team that just finished 10 and 3. There were two teams in college football this year, guys, that Las Vegas favored in all of their games. Do you know who they are? Guess who they are? The one, the one of them's obvious. Georgia. Georgia's one. Do you know who the second one is? His? Air Force. Air Force and Georgia were the only two teams favored in every one of their games by odds makers this year. He's not just the elite of the elite among us as a cadet, but as an athlete simultaneously. He's of the elite of the elite of the elite of the elite. 18. The other player from the NFL, 24. What are the odds of this? Short of, if you die today, are you sure you'd go to heaven? There is no other question you will hear today on planet Earth more important than the one I just asked you. What are the odds of this? What are they? In a week. Forget all the other died suddenlies we have seen. Forget all the other collapsed suddenlies we've seen just in the last couple of weeks. Just those two events in and of themselves... What would the odds be? Neil deGrasse Tyson is the most famous scientist in America. He's a celebrity. Gets inserted into movies, pop culture. He doesn't know... That on August 6th of 2021, 2021, on August 6th of 2021, 
Rochelle Walensky, the head of CDC, went on national television, allegedly, CNN, and said that with the advent of Delta variant, the vaccines no longer stop transmission. And those who have the vaccine can spread the virus as well. August 6th of 2021, she said this. Last fall, in sworn testimony before the European Union Parliament, a Pfizer executive admitted the vaccines were never tested for transmission. This has become so obvious, the Washington Post, the Wall Street Journal. Are those publications calling Steve Dace and Justin Hart and Alex Berenson and Daniel Horowitz for interviews and Ryan Cole and Peter McCullough and Robert Malone, are they calling us for interviews? They are not. They are not. And yet they have both admitted in recent weeks The data shows for the first time the majority of people who have the jab are the ones getting COVID. Now that in and of itself, that admission's a lie. That is not the first time that's been true. It's been true for quite a while. Look at the the Walgreens data they put out every week. That's been true for a while. And yet here is America's celebrity scientist claiming, still claiming, you will get the jab to stop other people from getting it. When we are on a second calendar year since the CDC admitted that's not true. So I go back to you, Mr. DeGrasse Tyson. Do you have some system better than the CDC and all these people admitting this is true? Do you know better than all of them, Neil? And then you have he who speaketh with forked tongue forevermore, Anthony Fauci, admitting in 2019, I mean, it takes about 10 years to get a really good vaccine. First of all, can you guys guess the number of successful vaccines we have developed against respiratory viruses? Go. Is it a low number? It's a very low one. The lowest one, actually. That notwithstanding, admitting it would take 10 years. There's a part in there, and I know that you were drawing on Rick Bright, the other scientist there, and have we had the, uh, the, the sequence, we could instantly beam this to people, right? That, that's kind of where you ended the clip, and you were kind of focused mm-hmm. on that, right, Aaron? But I want to go to something Fauci says before Rick Bright says that. Correct me if I'm wrong, but doesn't he say there that for that process to speed up, like basically regulatory safeguards would have to be lifted? Someone would have to say. He's saying that the Neil deGrasse Tyson, the system is our savior and he is actually an impediment to us. Yes. Yeah. That we would basically have to abandon the system of of testing and safeguards in order to move this along faster. Here's a question I have. And could this question, we won't 
we won't go in depth on this question for now. I'm going to ask this question and I want you just to consider it and we'll table it for later because I have a feeling we will be discussing it later. What is later? Next week, six months from now, some point this year, we will be discussing this question. Just remember, I asked it on January the 11th. Did the White House sign off? Did the White House sign off on those removal of safeguards with Operation Warp Speed? Because you know, Republicans love the language of something must be done, whether it's TARP, whether it's the Middle East and foreign policy, whether it's suspending free market principles to save the free market, whether it's we must determine what businesses are now essential and non. If you, if you want to know what are the worst decisions your Republicans have ever made, they're always preceded by the words, something must be done every time, every single time. Is that what happened here? Is that why, outside of a few sectors, is that why even senators like Rand Paul, who have been great during COVID, really won't go anywhere near the vaccine issue? Is it why a lot of Republicans outside of Florida run interference for this? Is it possible? Everybody's hands are on the murder weapon, if you know what I'm trying to say. Someone had to approve moving this along as fast as they did. Someone had to approve this. Regulatory agencies are part of the executive branch. Who is the head of the executive branch? The Republicans were. The president was. Fauci is telling you, four years ago, we couldn't do this in the timetable you would like under the current regulatory environment. Some people would have to make decisions to alter it. Who made those decisions? Or who stood by and did nothing while those decisions were being made and just took their word for it? Bookmark that question, because I am confident. We will come back around to it later. Circumstances will emerge, which will force us to. But for now, let's return to the conversation that we were having prior to that. What are the odds? How many more? Gentlemen, your thoughts. Well, going back quickly, of course, Republicans are have uh, their don't hands don't don't let we'll we'll get into that oh, later. Man, let, you there's can't no tee that one up the, for the, me. We'll, we we'll get into that later. There'll be plenty of evidence. Not, too that many people emerge. are going to die. Too many people are going to die. People are couching this and all online. People coming around to everything that's being submitted. And the first thing I'm any people do it. I'm glad it's out there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but but I'm not an anti-vaxxer. You're surrounded by Bond villains. Why aren't you an anti-vaxxer? Really? What more do you want to sacrifice of your very being to these people? You should have an anti-vaxxer tattoo on your forehead if you have any common sense at this point. 
Every This is the magical power of vaccines. It's a cult. It's the most pervasive cult in the history of the world. Everybody's hands are bloody. Everybody's hands. But, Steve, I think you're being too harsh about your statistical analysis of Damar Hanlon and the poor guy at Air Force. Because we really haven't looked into the question yet of whether both of them live in homes with gas stoves, Steve. That's where we need to put our energy, not on anti-vaxxer nonsense, Steve. Or how severe is the climate change in those areas. Aaron, you might remember... I said a couple of years ago when we got really aggressive going after Fauci, I don't believe I know more than Anthony Fauci. What scares me is that I know that I don't. I don't believe I know more than Neil deGrasse Tyson. What scares me is me as this schlep named Steve Dace. It was able in five minutes to pull his pants down philosophically. That's what scares me. That's a cult. It is. And too many people and, and this speaker fight again last week. Too many people just do not have eyes to see, ears to hear on the right. Don't know what time it is. And, and that becomes, we throw that term around, that phrase around so often, and it gets thrown around elsewhere so often that it kind of loses its meaning. I mean, what more, what more would it take? Yeah, this, this DeMar Hamlin thing happened on Monday Night Football. So that was urgent enough that we had to learn a new a new fur phrase, a new uh, term of art called uh, comito cordis or whatever it is. Yeah, and suddenly every blue and check mark is an expert. Exactly. Yeah. Now that was urgent enough, but on the right, still play the same humana humana as Todd likes to say. Still play that. Still play that same humana 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 game. Uh, nothing to see here. Let's move on. You're not going to get to move on. You never were. You never are. If you want to stay on the wagon where New Year's resolutions are concerned, I and you have a sweet tooth, believe me, mine is prodigious. I have the solution for you, and it just so happens to be the greatest protein bar of all time. It's our friends over at Built Bar. So many new flavors constantly coming in, uh, all of them covered in real chocolate, all of them absolutely delicious, all of them packed with flavor and protein. Not, though packed and loaded with the carbs, calories, and the grams of sugar that you're trying to avoid, you won't believe they're this good and yet good for you. I didn't either. Had to try it for myself. I heard another podcast host I listened to going on and on and on about them, and I'm like, there's no way they're that good. So I I tried them out of spite, and I was blown away. And I have been an, I guess we'll say, ardent supporter ever since. Is that fair? We'll go with that, all right? Uh, If you want to try them today or try them again, 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 uh, use my last name, Dace, as your promo code. That's D-E-A-C-E to get 15% off. Promo code Dace for 15% off when you go to Built.com. That's the website for Built Bar. Built.com, Built.com, 15% off with the promo code Dace. And for the first time in 2023, let us now proceed with one of our most popular and beloved segments on the show each week. Buy, sell, or hold, brought to you by, well, you. You guys make the submissions. Aaron decides which of your submissions will make it. No topic is off limits. Todd, you and I will decide, are we going to buy it? Are we going to sell it? If we put a hold on it for any reason at all, any reason, like doesn't matter if it's lame, any reason at all, you've got to let Pete Buttigieg put a hold on you. 
You ready to go? I am. Let's go. You know, as so long as as long as he has the same hold on me as he has of the transportation system, that might not be too bad. Stop and consider that his only qualification for being transportation secretary is amongst Democrats who like to have gay sex. He built himself more of a name than any of the other ones did. That's that's his, that's literally right. That's his only qualification. This is true. Is he's the most famous Democrat politician that likes to have gay sex? That's his only. That's his only qualification. So imagine how even more unqualified he would be if he were straight. Yep. There you Mind go. blown. Yep. Yes. There you go. Yes. We'll begin with uh, a lot of sports and culture heavy, heavy topics here. We'll start with uh, Jacob Kwasney, who says the new 12-team playoff format will look a lot more like the national championship game than it will the two semifinal games. Uh, I will sell. It's like you guys don't watch college basketball. We've had all these arguments. College basketball, it, it will further democratize the process, actually. It'll democratize the process. Players will, with the transfer portal, players aren't going to stick around. They don't have to wait. There's a lot more teams that will make the playoff. Same thing we saw in college basketball. I, I mean, with, with the expansion of the tournament to 64. Um, I mean, there's a reason why UCLA won 10 out of 12, and not to take anything away from John Wooden's accomplishment, because it's incredible. But there's a reason why he won 10 out of 12 when that was an era that only one team from every conference got into the NCAA tournament. I mean, there were years in his own conference that USC was a top 10 team, didn't make the NCAA tournament. There was one year in the ACC tournament that like number one and number two in the country, Maryland and NC State played in the ACC, ACC tournament championship. One of them didn't make the tournament. We live in an era now where teams that are ranked all over the field get, end up getting in and winning national championships. So I, I just don't agree with that at all. I don't think it'll happen instantaneously. Okay, but first of all, the last two years, we have seen teams that were unranked in the preseason make the college football playoff when it was four teams. So I don't agree with that at all. We haven't seen that in college basketball. We have, we've barely, we have rarely seen repeat champions, let alone dynasties in college basketball since we expanded the playoff or expanded the tournament. So I just, I just don't agree with that. That's just not, that's not the history of things. That's not the history of what, what happened in the NFL when things got expanded and then wildcard teams it took a while. Didn't happen instantly. They were kind of a joke. Then the Raiders broke the seal on that and wildcard teams have won several Super Bowls since. So I just, that's just not the history of sports. I don't agree with that. Am I the main point? The thrust of that point am I supposed to take is there's going to just be a lot of bad games? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I will agree with that. I mean, not wholeheartedly, but there will be a lot of bad games. Now they will. Isn't the aren't they going to tier it so that the first four? Is there yeah, four the buys? Yeah. The way to work is the top four conference champions yeah. will get buys, and then the next four teams will get a home game. That's how yeah. it'll work. Yeah. I mean, listen, I, I think there will be bad games like this. I I, I don't disagree. There, there's bad games in the NCAA tournament. But his question is, this will be the norm. Is that not his question? Or did I, well, did I misunderstand it? I don't think it'll be any more. Or less, and everybody's freaking out some, about TCU and how. And somebody actually said, like, uh, some guy ranting about football. You did this to us. The selection committee, we're, we look forward to this. And they, and, and they think that this guy was making my rant. Actually, this guy was a football nut who 
lives in his he's a guy our age who lives in his mom's basement and has no perspective on life so that has nothing to do with me this tcu did nothing wrong that, the blame the system did nothing wrong no. regarding tcu this is tcu beat a very good michigan football team i agree they what they deserve to be in that four this year as much as anybody else based on the norms that we've put out there that's you you you've totally lost the narrative if you think that tcu is the broken part pre-salary, of the pre-salary pre-salary cap and free agency blowout super bowls were the norm yeah, they were there the were norm. A lot of them. Yeah, most yeah. of the most and of the Super listen, Bowls when you and I were growing up, pre 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 free agency and pre salary cap, but blowout yeah. Super Bowls were the norm. We've been pretty lucky. Yeah, uh, how many? I think there's been ten championship games now in the. Is that right? Yeah, I, Not, nine. Nine? nine. Is it yeah. nine? Okay, yeah. at least half of them have been great games, have they not? In no, my a lot of them have not been good. Well, I said about at least half of them. Oh, you mean the championship I, games? The championship yeah, games. Yeah, they, they have been that, okay. The yeah. championships. A lot of the semifinals, that, I should say, were not good. That's the next point I was going to make. A yeah. lot of the semifinals haven't. What That, of course, is going to... If, if, if you've got those four teams and you still had a lot of bad games, you're going to have a lot of bad games uh, in the new process. That, that, I just think that that point is... That's the least problematic point. If that's what you're worried about, that's actually the least problematic point of where college football is going as a whole. There's going to be plenty of good games. There's going to be some stinkers. That's just the game. So overall, I would I would probably sell on this as well. I think the semifinals or quarterfinals are still going to be pretty entertaining, uh, even made a majority of the time. I think I used to agree with you wholeheartedly about the basketball analogy, Steve. What I worry about, though, is that the talent base for basketball and the ability for two and a half guys to get hot for a month, it's nowhere near what it is in football. The talent base in football is a lot slimmer. I agree with that, but you're also, there's a lot more teams. There's 336 teams in college basketball, 130 in football. So yes, you're right, but when you prorate those numbers, it's... Do you see what I'm trying to say? The volume of players it takes to to put together a sport, it's pretty similar Okay, which is you're dividing 22 players amongst 103 players and five players amongst three times as many teams. Do you know you see you understand what I'm trying to say? Yeah, but doesn't okay. that kind of further my point though? Because the disparity is so much bigger in college basketball. I mean, the, the disparity between college basketball and college football. No, you're what just I'm not saying is the volume of players is about very, the same. Very, very talented players in college football as you will in basketball. And then the other thing about college basketball just being a different sport as well. You know, two or three, two and a half. You know, three guys getting hot on a team, you can go a long ways with that, can't you? On fo- on a football team, if your quarterback is getting really hot, but your offensive line or two of your offensive line okay. sucks. We're going we could go in circles yeah, yeah, on this. Gonna... Let me just ask a point blank question. Name the sport that expanded its playoff and became more dynastic and I'll wait. College football playoff. I mean, we've got how many winners have been Alabama and Clemson and Georgia? That was nine years. Yeah, that well, that is actually the argument about what what was wrong with this Final Four that we keep having, and they didn't see that coming. We just had Alabama and Clemson and Georgia all well, over Well, actually, again, I would so. argue you can't make that argument with college football because it wasn't a playoff. It was an invitational. It's always been an invitation. Now it will be a playoff. Now you will play your way in to some degree. There will be automatic bids. All right, so there will be, there. W- this will actually be more of a playoff. 
We have we didn't have a playoff before. We had we had Alabama with no resume at all, with no ranked wins at all, and not even winning its division, getting in. And then, of course, once it got in, it won the thing because it was Alabama. We didn't have a playoff before, so we had an invitational. Now you're going to, for the first time, actually have a college football playoff. We didn't have one before. We so, never had one when we just had the bowl series. This- I agree. So name sports that have playoffs, actual playoffs, okay? Name me one that became more dynastic when it expanded its playoffs. I'm not. None, none exists. That, that, but that, that's not even the issue we started talking about. It's it's just about the quality of the product. Well, that's not his question. That might be your debate. His question is that the games will become uh, will look like a bunch of sucky blowouts because we'll just bring in more more media, uh, unworthy teams. And I just don't agree with that because that's just not the history of sports. Not even yeah, football. But, but prof- how how talent is spread around the league in pro football versus college is there's just it's not even the same conversation it's a different system but now you're going to free agency transfer portal get to pay players the nil it's not just going to be alabama and clemson and those guys paying guys now everybody's gonna get paid everywhere now that's not good well that's not that's, even, a, that's not that's college a, again football. that's well, that's your that's point you that's not the point of the question though the point that, that, that I'm answering why I don't agree with this question. I'm not debating the morality of your point. That's just a separate point from his question. Moving on, we'll go to Brian Johnson, who says our hopes that the DC Universe movies would fill the void left by Marvel have been dashed by James Gunn letting go of Henry Cavill. I, I think you have to sell way too early for that. Way too early for that. I mean, Cavill's pushing 40. So. Um, as much as I love Man of Steel, I am clearly in the minority opinion when you looked at its box office. So I think it's way too early for that. I mean, I, I have no problem if you have no optimism for what James Gunn was going to do with the DCU at all. I just don't think that's a good reason. I think it's way too early for that. I will sell. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. Something is so, Buy, sell, or something I don't care. Something is going to have to change in my life for me to care about any of this stuff. It's just it, the people in charge of it have shown that they can't be in charge of it. They're they're going to uh, ruin it. Uh, next, we go to Reformed Layman, who says, in three years or less, government schools in the United States will begin counseling students who appear depressed towards assisted suicide without notifying parents of such counseling. I can uh, see this happening in places like California. It's Oregon. already it's already happening. It's yeah. called transing your kids. Well, that's that's that's, yes. that's another yeah. that's another form of assisted suicide. Yeah. Yeah, I think he means like directly hooking you up to drips, okay, or recommending them. But yeah, I mean, there's almost no slippery slope argument you can make about where we are in America or the West in general at this point that I would not buy. I mean, we are heading down the highway to hell, man, and the the slope's at a 90 degree angle right now. And they're doing it because it, all of the tolerance, diversity, all that, they're not doing this about the, because they care about the other. They do this because it makes them feel important and good. It makes them feel like God. Yeah. That's why they we're, do it. We're saving you, yes. whether you realize it or not. Yes. Um, moving on. Captain America 1981 says, all three Florida NFL teams survive wildcard weekend. I can't believe that. I didn't realize all three Florida NFL so, teams made the playoffs. Hasn't happened since like 96 or something or 97, I think I saw. I don't know who would bet anything yeah. on Miami with, winning at this point. Yeah, with, uh, you know, they can't put two in because of the concussion issue. I, you know, the Buffalo, that's the best roster in the NFL. 
So I don't see them winning that game. So I, I agree. I'll sell. Next up, we go to Colonel Mustang's Glove, who says, um, buy, sell, or hold, uh, or hold me, Lindsay. What happened with the speaker holdout is an indicator of more things to come, both on a national stage and in our personal lives. I, I agree. I, I will buy. That, um, as the Declaration says, human beings are prone to suffer such indignities and tyrannies um, while it's uh, convenient uh, or doesn't disturb enough of their complacency to do so. Yeah. Yeah. But we are at a point of no return. I mean, and so it won't, the numbers of people that will cause the disruptions you want won't be as high as you would hope they would be. Right. But you will see more of the disruptions you want. I completely agree with that. Bye. Bye. Next up, we will go to Lisa Dollar, who says, Walking in Memphis is the greatest one-hit wonder song ever recorded. Fascinating. Mark Cohn. That's, uh, that's up there. You know, you've got little Kaja Goo Goo, Too Shy Shy, Hush Hush, I Do I. Right? Incense and Peppermint, Strawberry Alarm Clock is kind of one of the classic one-hit wonder tunes from way back in the 60s. I, I, I think it's at least in that conversation. Because it's also a great song. I have to sell. It's not like a novelty, you know, like the Macarena or something. It's a great song. So I have to sell my wife. Love you, dear. You're watching at home. If I didn't sell on this, you'd crush me. But on our wedding CD, CD, uh, and it's the uh, song we danced to at our wedding by Mark Cohn is True Companion, which was also very popular. So it's not, he's not. So I didn't a, even know. I've never even heard of that. Mark Cohn is not a one hit wonder. Okay. I, I've never heard of that song, so I'm going to buy. Uh, I think it's at least worthy of the list it's on. I'm so, so, for example, how do we define this then? Okay, because um, AHA released other singles other than Take On Me. But that's not even as popular but nobody, of song, but none of them did of the video. Nobody did anything, and that song was a number one song. I think the greatest one. Now, are, they, are they a one-hit wonder or not, in your view? AHA? Uh-huh. Yeah, because I would not say yes. The- I, I I think so, but I think it's like the song the song that I think of was one hit wonder, and I know they had another. I think we talked about this last year in some context, but it's from the Breakfast Club. Uh, oh, Simple Minds. Simple Minds. Don't you yeah, forget? Don't about, you forget about is, me? Yeah. It is a fantastic, iconic right. song, and I know there was another one, but I think they even put out like a greatest hits album. I didn't, <laughs> know, didn't know they had many songs. Yeah. <laughs> did they have more than one album? Yeah, I guess they did. I think I saw that a couple of years ago. I'm like, wait, what are these other songs in this album? But. I think that is debatable, too, is how you define a one-hit wonder. But given your personal testimony and situation, I will grant your argument. That's a good basis for it, no doubt about it. Uh, next, we go to Luke Zedgwick, who says Trump wants to be the underdog going into the primary, so he's holding back until others step in. He not only loves a fight, he needs it. Sell. Sell. No, there's, there's never any four-dimensional Stop choice. analyzing never, Trump. Never occurs. He just is the weather. No. Um, he, he, he wants to be the underdog so bad that um, he was actually attacking DeSantis, bef- um, you know, the first event that he had uh, after the election. So, no. I, I, no. I nope. 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 Fundraising is not good. They're nervous down there. They're not enjoying this at all. They're nervous down there. And now they're, now they're not. Now with Biden getting caught with classified docs. They're not going to get the photo op they really wanted of the perp walk, right? He's probably not getting arrested now. So, no, they're nervous down there. Hour two is next.
back here at Hour 2, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Steve Dace here with Aaron McIntyre and Todd Erzin. Don't forget, if you are a podcast listener, let us know what you think about what we think by giving us a five-star review. Inside that five-star review, you can embed your question that you want to be considered for a future Ask Me Anything. Our first Ask Me Anything of the Year is coming up on Monday. If you want that question to go to the front of the line for consideration, you can post it within your five-star review, and it will go to the front of the line for consideration from Todd. Doesn't mean Todd will select it, but you'll go to the front of the line for his consideration. Thanks to all of you that have left us five-star reviews and have hit subscribe and follow for us on your podcast platform of choice. You're a big reason why. We are starting a brand new three-year contract extension on the show here this uh, this week, so thank you very much. Uh, this part of the show, which is part two of Buy, Seller, Hold, brought to you by My Patriot Supply. What if you woke up tomorrow to food shortages, panic buying, sweeping the nation? I mean, nothing's happened in recent years to make you think something like that could very well happen, except for the few times that it did. That's why you want to make sure you are prepared with our friends over at My Patriot Supply. Change that now by going to preparewithdace.com. Preparewithdace.com save 200 bucks on their 3-month emergency food kit that's up to a 25-year shelf life, 20 plus food and drink varieties including breakfast, lunch, dinner, even snacks and drinks, 2000 plus calories a day. Make sure you've got the peace of mind to know you're ready for whatever Let's Go Brandon is about to throw at you, all right? Save $200 per kit right now and free shipping and free shipping when you go to preparewithdace.com. Again, that's preparewithdace.com. All of us now are getting inundated with mentions of uh, One Hit Wonders. One of the favorite ones that I should have thought of, because this is a great song from the 80s. It, it, doesn't it seem like the, the, the 60s, 70s, and 80s had maybe more one hit wonders, kind of you know the more flamboyant, you know, in the seventies with disco and the sixties with the hippie movement and the eighties, you know, with the psychic with the big hair and and you know the synthesizers. Didn't it seem like those decades maybe were more prone to produce one hit wonders? But one of the ones that was sent to you was Tapao's Heart and Soul, right? Yeah, good song. That's a great song from the eighties. I believe that female duet named themselves after the Vulcan priestess who oversees Spock's Pon Far in the original Star Trek series. I, I think that's where they where, where they got that name to pow. How does that song go? Give a little bit of heart, soul, heart and soul. Give a little bit of love to go or grow. Love, grow. love to grow. Thank you. Uh, love to go would be like a drive-thru. Thanks for not singing it, by the way. Yes, yeah. Uh, give a little bit of heart and soul and don't you make me wait. Uh, is it just wait for more? Is I that what it so. is? Yeah. yeah. Cool. It's a great tune from the 80s. But yeah, I think that's where their name came from. I had no idea. Yeah. You educate this you know, audience a, you in know, so many I am different a, ways. I am an absolute fountain of useless information. And as my wife has told me for many years, if she had not had my three children, she'd swear I am still a virgin. So there you go. All right, let's get back to round two. Buy, sell, or hold. Aaron. Sounds like a science fiction, like blast or something to pow to pow something like that uh moving on we'll go to worship leader caleb who says the winner of this weekend's cowboys bucks game will beat philadelphia and play for the nfc championship so the bucks are pretty bad i'll buy just because i think these teams are pretty close 
Um, I agree that the Bucks are not good. Um, I don't know how healthy Jalen Hurts is. And you're talking about the guy that might be the league MVP, and he happens to play the most important position in the league. And the margins in the in in the playoffs are so slim. Uh, if they were to play the Cowboys, it's a divisional opponent, so there's a rivalry factor there. That the you know the allure of playing on on the road in the playoffs would not be much of a factor. Dallas plays on the road in Philadelphia every single year. Anyway, you have Tom Brady, who still showed, you know, at uh, at a brisk 45. He still set records for completions and passing yards on, on a team that was not that good, an offensive line that was not that good. He got hit more this year probably than he has in his, his entire career, maybe combined. But if Jalen Hurts isn't 100%, then yeah, I think that those teams could could win those games. Is everybody we is everybody still alive, the two teams we did it this summer when we had a – my two teams are still alive. Are your two teams for the Super Bowl? No, I think, my, I, pick, I think I picked the Packers and the Chargers, and the Chargers are still alive. That was my pick. Yeah, Aaron, probably Chiefs. Uh, and, Chiefs and the Rams. So no, either my, I got Cowboys, Ravens. I'm still alive. Now, I mean, I don't think the Ravens are going. You, knowing me as you do, when the when the odds came out in January, um, I bet virtually every good team to win the Super Bowl, because when I run the numbers, if any of them win, the odds are so good, I would still at the very least make a little bit of money. With all these bets, you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like when, like yeah. when the team that I think has the best roster is plus six hundred, the Bills to win the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I'm still getting six to one. That's a pretty good bet, right? I so, you. you know, so I'm, um, and I do that with college football. You know, and like when TCU started six and zero, oh, I went ahead and bet them too, and I got them for like plus two thousand. So I mean, I'd want a nice payday if TCU had won. I still want a pretty good payday though when Georgia won because in J- January they were five or six to one. So those are still pretty good odds. You know, so, so I've got a ticket on all the teams. I mean, I got it. I bought a ticket on Miami when they started four and I got a ticket on the Buccaneers. I got every team in the playoffs. I have to win the Super Bowl ticket on with very, very positive odds. <laughs> so I'm going to win some money on Super Bowl Sunday, regardless of which of the teams ends up winning it. All right. Um, moving on, Joe Stetz says, I would rather have Dr. Jill Biden as my personal phys- physician than Anthony Fauci. Oh, my gosh. What a proposition. Uh, that's, I mean, you want to talk about Lady or the Tiger. That's Kobayashi Maru. Yes, right it is, there. man. I mean. Which Fauci are we getting? Are we getting the Fauci that says, I do, you know, uh, 50 billion IUs of vitamin D a day, or are we getting the forked tongue version that we get everywhere else? I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Fauci because I don't believe in hitting women. Top that, Todd. Oh man, uh, I'll go with Joe Biden because there's no earthly reason why her husband should still be alive right now. Yet he is. And <laughs> that, you might have topped me. You might have topped She's me. She's like that. secretly a necromancer, and yes. you come into uh, on death's door, and she'll she'll help you out. Brad says, these are the top five guy movies of all time. Of all time? Of all time. Better nail this list. I can promise you already this list will fail if we're going with of all time. Number five, Point Break. No way. No way. No way. Are you kidding me? 
My wife See, would agree it's a top five guy movie. She he, loves it because she loves herself wanna, some Keanu Reeves. I'm going to sell, but I you, you you went way guy movie. Bank robbing surfers yeah, guy, is, is one of the top five guy movies of all time. You needed to be a little bit more. You could have done something within the dude code that made this a little bit more. Palatable. Yeah, well, you just. Um. A movie where most this, of the guys are wearing a loincloth, most of the film is one of the top five guy movies of all time. Maybe if you're get Pete the Buttigieg, bleep out of here. Yeah. Get out of here with that. Do you think Pete Buttigieg Yeah, maybe over, maybe over the transportation department, yeah. it's one of the top five guy movies said, of like, all time. Top five bro Maybe dude? that was one of uh, Pete's uh, awakening films, if you know what I'm trying to say. Okay. This is this like B-list top five guy movies of all time. Something that's a little reflective on the fact that you're not quite totally serious just when you just said though guy movies the bar is so high on that to me and now i hate you because now i just suddenly remembered that the name of keanu reeves's character who was the former quarterback at ohio state was johnny utah Johnny Utah. and now i hate your guts even more for making me remember that again see it's a cult classic i love point break if it was on i'd sit down right now and watch it but like if you just said told me you didn't like that i wouldn't think less of you in a man right there's the, that's what this when you just say guy movies there's like this should be five movies that if you say you don't like those you basically have transgender I mean I, I'm thinking to myself these are films when, when your son turns of age he, yeah. you need to make sure that he sees that's a like very, Gladiator for yes, example the minute he was of age we sit down and yes. we watch Gladiator yes. which should probably be number one on the list actually but or at least somewhere okay on so it. anyways point break okay fun so, movie good movie now. so number four Gladiator it is it belongs Why? on the list you have somewhat somewhat redeemed yourself somewhat number three american sniper buy buy i'll buy buy that too all right we're trending better we're trending better number two predator i ain't got time to bleed like jesse ventura predator the original i ain't got time to bleed one of the great movie lines of all time i ain't got time to bleed you know what i think i'm gonna grant it it wouldn't be on my list i don't think it belongs on the list but it is enough of an off the wall, off the beaten path enough choice. But that that's a problem. I'll respect it. This list of five, I can say, has three of those. There's room for one of those kinds of movies on a list of five. Good point too. Because number one, now in here, fairness, Gladiator won Best Picture. All right, yeah. so that's not like an off the wall. No, Gladiator flick. and American Sniper, but like we go to number one now. Aaron is. Do I even want to know what number one is? Number two is Predator. Number yeah. one is Roadhouse. Oh, my gosh. See, what, you can't... What is Roadhouse? I've never seen <laughs> it. <laughs> See, no, but... Patrick Swayze. Does somebody have a bit of a pure, Patrick Swayze crush here? Pure macho. I, what's not to love about turn, just watching him, you know, throw people around a bar? Just beat sign, the snot out of guys? Si- sign me... But you can't have that many of those kinds of movies on this list. No, I, I just... Where's Tombstone? I, See, that would be a good choice. How about any of the Rockies? Yeah. See. Okay. Um, I just, but I, I, I have to sell, I cannot respect a list that has two Patrick Swayze films and Gladiator's only number four. I just can't respect it. How about Die Hard, maybe? Does that belong in the list, you think, somewhere, perhaps? I got to sell. I got to sell. Even though it does include the greatest well, guy, what I think is the greatest guy movie ever made, Gladiator. Die Hard absolutely has to be on the list ahead of Roadhouse or Point Break or 
uh, whatever number two. I'll give you credit for not putting Dirty Dancing on there and just going ahead with the entire Patrick <laughs> well, Swayze see, triumvirate. No, that's so low <laughs> <laughs> Look, it was see, a low blow. But this is what I was trying to tell you. We love you, but you ended up putting a list there that inevitably took us to the place where we had to make fun of you on a level that was dirty dancing. So yes. you, you opened yourself up for that. You did. And frankly, I think you would have lost respect for me if I had not disciplined you accordingly. Yeah, yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Oh, dirty Harry. Does that belong in the list? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. That could be on your list. You bet. Um, I mean, if we're going to watch an entire movie of a guy just... Uh, beating the asses of miscreants. What's even better than that? Watching a guy just blowing away miscreants for a couple of hours. <laughs> let's um, let's take this next one as seriously as we as we possibly can. Uh, Chuck Gregory says the theater average for a nefarious plot on opening weekend, wide release, exceeds one or more Disney Pixar films this year. I'd have to see what the Disney Pixar. What he means by that, for those of you that don't know, is it's not, you know, we wouldn't, we wouldn't make as much money as those films. One, they're going to be on every screen available in America and we won't be. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, But the, the amount of money we would make per screening, like with God's Not Dead, they made something like $11,000 per screening. That's outstanding. Okay. You know, and so that's why the next weekend they got a lot more screens because all the theaters are like, well, we'd like to make $11,000 per screening. That's what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. I have to go back. Well, you talk for a minute while I look something up. One, that's it, right? Just one. And I'm uh, looking up what's on uh, their schedule this well, I'm looking up because I'm, I'll, they, I'll had, say yes. they, they had a couple of flops this year, right? But this is so opening I'm looking, weekend, I'm, I'm, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at 2022. I'm going to look at this because I'm kind of curious now that you, Todd, you talk while I look this I up. Think, I think second weekend for sure, because the, Steve's movie is really going to rely on, well, did you hear about that movie? I, I just saw that movie. You got opening weekend is, is um, it's going to be challenging to meet that mark. But, you know, they put up enough garbage right now uh, within those genres, Pixar and Disney, that... Yeah, if it just has to beat one, I'll narrowly buy. Because why the hell not? That'd be fun. Yeah, uh, they don't really have a ton of films out in theaters this year. So I looked up. I looked up Buzz Lightyear, which was a failure for Disney. It made about eleven thousand dollars a screening, about what God's Not Dead did. Okay, when you divide the total amount of money it, it grossed with the total amount of screens. What was the one that, so Buzz Lightyear failed, but then there was the one that was the total flop, Strange New World or something, oh, is that yeah. what it was? So let me look that up really quick. Here it is, Strange World. Here it is. All right, so um, so it it opened to, let's see, 12,151,384. That was its gross, okay? Divided by 4,174 screens. <laughs> $2,900 Ow. a screening on opening weekend for Strange World. Okay, so... I got to believe yeah. we could... If we, I, I think okay. we're going to beat Strange World. Yeah. I think we're going to do that. Okay, I don't know if we can beat what Buzz Lightyear did on its uh, per screen average, but I'm, I think we can beat the $2,900 that uh, Strange World beat on a $250 million movie per screening. All right, moving on. At least I hope we can. Because my company put up the money for this, and if we can't, 
as the great prophets R.E.M. once sang, that's me in the corner. Okay. <laughs> right. uh, James, James, are you going to feel like that guy who, uh, who uh, was playing the Survivor Contest? You posted about this. You sent this to Todd and I. Oh, one of the, the, picked, the worst bad beat of they all They picked the Colts time. to beat the Texans, and all they had to do, the, the Colts just had to not give up a fourth and 20 touchdown, and this guy wins, like, what, $8 million or something? Two, like so it's even million. worse than, it's $2 million, but it's even worse than, it's a Survivor, okay? And, it's, and, and so you have to pick a team to win in the NFL every week, and you can't pick the same team twice, all right? And, and, and there's two ways to do that kind of contest, you versus everybody else in it, and then if you're the last one standing, you win, okay? The other way is someone has to go all the way through undefeated. And he, he was in that contest at the biggest sports book in Vegas, $2 million. And he, had, he finally had to go with the Colts on the last day of the regular season. He went with the Colts because he had picked all the other good teams. And all they had to do was stop a fourth and 20, and they didn't. They gave up a touchdown. And then they went for the two-point conversion, and he lost. That is one of the worst bad beats. That I think it's the worst bridge, bad beat of all time. Bridge jumping alert right there. That, yes, that would be... I also would be firing up the REM. That's me in the corner. That yeah. that would actually that was me in the corner. How much Goodbye, luck, crew world. How much luck did he have to have just to get to that point, though? See, you don't think like that, though, when you're the one picking the teams. You think you... You know, you've strategized yourself to get that well, far. I know. This yeah. is why, I've, yeah, but you're not. It's, this is why I've, you've told me about, this is the, 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 that's the psychology that Vegas counts on. Correct. You're correct. Yes. Correct. Moving on. James Swick says, Matt Schlapp will grab more junk before Steve <laughs> is invited to speak at CPAC. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Tweet of the year. That's it. <laughs> that... <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people right now don't know what we're talking about and probably don't want to know yeah so so a lot of people are are counting heavily on getting invited to speak at cpac this year and so much of conservative media is not reporting this story since I already know I will not be, <laughs> I will Graham tell you. I've signed up a couple yeah, of times. I will go ahead. Yes. I will go ahead and tell you for those that don't know what this is a reference to, but. Um, I think we mentioned it the other day, didn't did, we? I don't, I, don't, I don't know that we did on the air, but uh, Matt Schlapp, the head of the American Conservative Union, which oversees C- CPAC, has been accused by a campaign worker, a male campaign worker from the Herschel Walker Senate campaign of, uh, of grabbing his junk. Against his permission. <clears throat> and he says he's got receipts and video and everything else. You know, I don't know if he, like, filmed Schlapp's hand heading towards his crotch or the after. I don't, I don't know what the receipts are. I don't want to know. I don't care. But this was in a lot of media. Not just, um, not just left-wing media. It was in the New York Post and other places over the weekend. But again, you're not going to hear that from many other places in conservative media because a lot of conservative media is counting on getting invited to speak at CPAC this year. Since I already know I'm not, I'll go ahead and tell you what that's a reference to in case you didn't know. Next. I don't know if the guy's telling the truth. I have no clue. I, I don't know. Trucker Glock. <laughs> <laughs> the way you handle your rig. I like the way you handle it. If You know what? I'll tell you right now. If Matt Schlapp calls me up to invite me to speak at CPAC, he, I, he needs to say that. That's what it's going to take. I need Matt Schlapp to call me up and say, hey, Steve, been paying attention. 
and I ain't no homosexual or nothing, but I like the way you handle your rig. If, 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 he, if he does that, I'll be there. Yes. Tyler Helfert says no one over the age of 65 should be allowed to run for any political office. I don't know about 65 when the life expectancy is like 77, 78. But um, I certainly think 80 is the, I would certainly say that at 80. I would absolutely make it at all. No one over 80 could hold public office ever, period. I would absolutely do that. I think 65 with today's uh, life expectancy is a little, little too much. I'd like to know the age of the person because maybe 40 years ago, I would have said the same thing. I'm, I'm 15 years away from being 65. You know, that's not, that doesn't seem like. Who's that boomer psychology? That's why the boomers held on for so long, Todd. They thought, you know what? These, these, the, the greatest generation has had their turn. They've been holding on for so, so long. It's our turn. Now, when they were like 50, 45, 50 years old, they were like, eh, I'm not sure about this. I kind of like this. It's, How about it's 80? that mindset, Todd. You know me. How about 80? Total is 80 a good number? Total I think 80 is a good number. Total joiner. I think 80 is a good number. I'll take 80. 80 is a good number. Uh, next, let's go to Joe Biden's diaper, who says, <laughs> sure, why, why not? not? We've been going there daily yes. since January of 2021. Yes. Uh, with the profits from nefarious, Steve will buy CPAC. I don't know that the so, profits will be to that extent and I wouldn't buy there is no CPAC. Way. I would, uh, let me tell you, if I ha- if I became a multimillionaire, let me tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to start buying state legislatures. I'm going to be the right-wing George Soros. That's what I would do. Like, he buys up secretaries of state and stuff like that. I'd be buying up state legislatures, man. And I'd walk in like the Joker with a Q-stick. Aggressive expansion. And we're going to have tryouts. All right? I'm just looking for straight killers, yo. Rest of y'all. Team's only as good as its weakest link. We'll reenact that scene with you know from the Untouchables. And uh, enjoy the city council. Because that's what you'll be serving on. That's what I would do. I think we need to spend adequate time on this next one, but the one after this, I'm going to give everyone fair warning. If you're listening to this on podcast or Blaze Radio right now or iHeart, this is one of the reasons why you need to get in a position where you can watch this show, if at all possible. To both of you in the studio, you're going to have to look at this big screen over here. That's the next one. I'm giving you fair warning. We need to take our time on this one, though. Jonathan Bielek says, Biden's document issue will be his downfall, just like Cuomo Those in power can't eliminate him for actual harm. They need something benign so they can continue the harm. Bye. Uh, I saw our buddy Jordan Schachtel say this story is basically uh, the regime saying time to go corn pop. But that's what I said. I completely agree with that. Yeah. The timing of this. Doesn't it also give them a fig leaf to do the same thing to to, um, indict Trump on some some manner with his documents? See, I think it goes the other way, actually. I think it, I, I was convinced the minute they raided the Mar-a-Lago that Trump would get arrested. I, I don't believe that's the case now. Unless, unless, unless Joe resigns, then I think Trump still gets arrested. But um, uh, I, I do think that there is clearly an element. I don't know how systemic it is, um, but just like you had the the weirdly timed articles last year about his fitness for office and memory and stuff like that, uh, I I do agree that uh, this is a signal to corn pop. Time's up. I do agree with that. Bye. You guys ready? Yep. You sure? Yep. Not sure you're ready for this. 
Okay. Sean Griffiths says, The pride flag will eventually just change to black and include all the colors to more fully embody its takeover and conquering of Western civilization. Probably something like this. Yikes. I mean, yikes. Did Pete Buttigieg design that? I think so. Yeah. Todd, your thoughts? Bye. Why not? Why not? Next, yes, you're going to have to see that for the next couple of ones. Uh, Greater Ultra MAGA King of uh, SD says, Big Ten is overrated. Just, Just in general. I mean, they have their fewest teams in the AP Top 20, final AP Top 25 they've had in 10 years. How is that overrated? I don't understand that, so I'll sell. That's not even, is that, is that just basketball or is that? I don't, I don't even know. I, I, I assume I it's, it's, assume it's football it's, related, okay. but okay, I, I'll sell. Yeah, so. Dadmar1 says, buy, sell, or hold by the end of the summer. The top five Republican choices for president will be number five, Trump. Sell, it won't, he won't drop that far. Number four, Noam. No way, sell. Will she even be in the top five? I'm not even sure. I'm not even sure that's the case. Yeah. Number three, Pence. Sell. Selling on this whole list. Number two, Reynolds. I don't believe she'll announce. No. And number one, DeSantis. That I could see, but it it is it is a Trump DeSantis world, and everybody else is just living in it. And the only argument is where you think those two will be six months from now, whether DeSantis will even announce six months from now. I'm Ron DeSantis, man. I'm polling. I'm, I am polling ahead in key state races in national polls. I'm getting in the 30s head to head against Trump. I'm not even a candidate. I'm not out speaking. I haven't formed a pack. I haven't done a damn thing. I and mean, if I'm Ron DeSantis, the longer I hold out, just let Trump keep disappointing his base. Why wouldn't I? Why wouldn't I do that? What, what, what's my hurry to jump on to come to meet with Bob Interplatz and get on the Steve Day show in Iowa? What's my hurry to go sit down with the Manchester Union leader in New Hampshire? I don't have one. I don't have to. It, listen, top five is too much, but there's I there's room for a third in there. I agree there's, there's room for a third in there. They will just be the third. They might be a clear third ahead of everybody oh, behind be, them, but they will be a clear third. But they'll be a significant enough third to be a threat to the one of the two who they happen to overlap with the most, which may be the very point of the system, there's room for that third. That's possible. Possible. Um, I, I agree with your analysis of how the dynamic typically works. The problem is the dynamic, the system that does those, that does those kinds of things, it's kind of it's out of options. So I'm not sure who that is, but that is how it typically works. That, You're right. That system didn't look out. Of, we won. We, we loosely speaking here with the speaker vote, but that's not a system that looked out of that looked like a system who was very comfortable being systemy. Yeah, but that was self-contained and, where they were voting amongst they resent, each other. Here's but they Donald Trump is his own thing. It's so obvious how much they resent Ron DeSantis just because they know he's got stones and they don't. They just resent it. Yeah. He's, so he's not the automatic rescue from Donald Trump, even if they say they're tired of that. They just—it doesn't mean that those two aren't the obvious frontrunners right now. But I, I beware of their shenanigans. We just saw who they are. 
We just they were so they were willing to lose over and over again for the likes of Kevin frickin' McCarthy. Everything you're saying is correct, but I would respond with with two things. Number one, that was a self-contained vote where they were the only ones voting in and amongst themselves. Number two, they still lost. They based they gave us all the leverage that we wanted. That's not the norm. I agree it's not the norm. I agree it's not the norm. I, I said I said what you're yeah. analyzing yeah. is the norm. Yeah. Yeah. The problem they have though is their supply chain is dry. Right? <clears throat> who do they who it, 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 anybody that gets labeled, I mean, I was if I'm DeSantis, I'm concerned. I don't want Paul Ryan out there talking about the fact I'm a DeSantis guy. That hurts me because anybody that they label as their guy, it's a diminishing return because of how much our people hate those people. And so that's why they're struggling to come up with a candidate. Because if, if, if it, the minute it becomes obvious that Tim Scott or Nikki Haley um, and, and South Carolina, you still suck. Um, uh, you know, somebody like that. The minute it becomes obvious that that's their per, the person you're talking about, that person gets instantly labeled as anathema well, but by does the that average mean Republican primary Or does voter. that mean they actually have a handful <clears throat> of people that it could be? And they're going to wait as long as they possibly can and let this work itself out. Yeah, to me, I think if I'm those people, I want DeSantis in the race right away. I want him and Trump right away bloodying each other to a race to the bottom, right? The thing I don't want is DeSantis waiting and waiting and yeah, waiting correct. and waiting and waiting. Agreed. I don't want that. Yeah. Agreed. All right, we'll come back. Daniel Horowitz will join us when we can return. Stay tuned. All right, back here on the Steve Day Show, powered by Eden Pure. You can purify your home, get clean, healthy, fresh-smelling air, eliminate odors, kill mold, mildew, bacteria, viruses, and so much more. With the Eden Pure Thunderstorm Air Purifier, it seeks out odors and air pollutants in your homes, destroys them, or your office, or your garage. Uh, it does not mask or cover up bad odors, bad odors, I should say, or pollutants. It frankly eliminates them and it's why we have gotten so many good reviews about eden pure since they came on board the show a year ago it's filterless so you won't be changing filters uh years after the purchase and uh, taking care of that both in terms of time and cost and they come in packs of three for whole home protection you'll get three units for under 200 bucks that's a fraction of the cost compared to other air purifiers out there that can go for well over 600 all right so put one in your basement bedroom family room kitchen anywhere you need Clean and fresh air. We give you three units for under two hundred bucks plus free shipping. Three units for under two hundred bucks plus free shipping with the discount code Steve three. Steve three the discount code when you go to EdenPureDeals.com, EdenPureDeals.com, and use the discount code Steve three. Happy New Year, and we welcome in the prophet of inspiration and encouragement. Daniel Horowitz is here, and he's got a New Year's resolution, which is to not be as nihilistically cranky as he is belovedly known to be. I mean, I, you you have been by your standards, albeit it's it's a low bar. You have been by your standards positively giddy here in the last week, Daniel Horowitz. Happy New Year to you, and tell us why. Happy New Year, Steve, and I think that's going to have to be your job now. You're going to be the prophet of woe and lamentation. <laughs> but look, I mean, all of your listeners that that read the Bible and understand uh, what Jeremiah is about, I really haven't changed. <laughs> and it's the same idea in that it's frustration. 
optimism and woe and lamentation at the same time. It's if you repent and try to follow in God's way, uh, you know, you will achieve better things. If you don't, you'll face destruction. Either way, outcomes are for God, uh, but but the tools are for you to do what's right. And I think the difference is, is I feel like we now are in the best position we've ever been to utilize those tools. This doesn't mean the Republican Party is not a controlled opposition. Nothing changed on that front. Doesn't mean the federal government is not irremediably broken and you'll never fix it. And I don't think a presidential election matters. I still don't. But what's the problem, Steve? We need to red pill our people to even understand what is happening to them. So they rise up in critical mass to create an inflection point that will force either to burn the system down to the ground, rebuild it, national divorce, some sort of constitutional sanctuary state arrangement, something in that ballpark. The problem is we can't do it because the GOP is a fake opposition where they pretend to be like us, get in there and perfectly have this controlled theater where they indulge our talking points mm -hmm. when they're in power, but all the while tossing the fight and ensuring the stuff goes on. So the, the, the first step to redressing that is taking away the loincloth. And what this arrangement in the House did is it makes it that our guys could now force votes, they could force budget, budget brinkmanship, and they could at least in their sandbox force oversight and investigation, all of things that formerly embarrassed the GOP and they wouldn't put it as an option on the menu. So this will help create that inflection point, that convert or die moment within the GOP where we finally have people that have some power that could take our ideas, put them forth, and outcomes are for God, and that will militarize our people even more. That's all I ask for, clarity, clarity. And I think this year will bring that clarity. And the GOP is a protection, incumbent protection racket, doesn't want that clarity, doesn't want our people to know truly what the Republican, many of the Republicans they vote for, what they truly believe, who they truly are, where they take their money from. And that has been sort of the, the protective racket that a lot of conservative media has run for them over the years, frankly. I, I think the, that that's the other big outcome that I'm very giddy about. We, Steve, and we, we've talked about this for years, a sick feeling deep down. The reason why I am so agitated is because I'm not one of those maybe reverse thumb suckers, you know, where they're the opposite end of the spectrum. Everything is bad. There's no hope on any front. And I'm just going to criticize every last thing and offer no positive solutions. I was particularly agitated because I felt it didn't have to be this way. And there's a lot of very achievable things, messaging wise, policy wise. Uh, that if the Republican Party wouldn't be a controlled opposition, and more importantly, if the conservative media wouldn't run interference for them, we would be able to force and achieve even in this fundamentally transformed, uh, you know, half godless society we live in today. Because what the left is doing is still so much further from where the average family, I would say, is politically. Um, but the problem is we couldn't do this because everything they would do is designed to create this R versus D protection racket. Uh, one of the things that you heard last week uh, before you got back from vacation was you've made your point. You've made your point. It's time mm -hmm. to move on. Mm -hmm. They were always about making a point, not making a difference. And their point was, but the Democrats, Biden, 
or whoever the Democrat faces at that time, look at what, the, what they're doing. It was never to make a difference because finally you can make a difference. Everything we always demanded, why is Congress so broken and the party so broken and look what they're doing and why doesn't anyone stand up? And here for the first time, 20 guys held in dramatic fashion with the other 200 staring them down, you know, holding up the, the house for a week and willing to make those changes and they dumped on them. They dumped on them beyond belief. And I think that brought tremendous clarity to, to people that saw, you know, what, what they achieved. And they could have achieved more if we would have been united. Um, they would have left that all on the table. So I think that is another clarifying moment. We will never, ever achieve any success until those voices are barreled through with, with a new cadre of people willing to focus on substance and actually making a difference when the ball is in play. Does this put some level of pressure on those 20 Congress? And in this case, you and I have often talked when it's a terrible piece of legislation or maneuver, the old, uh, as you like to put it, uh, hope yes, vote no, that there's always more crap voters against us than we think. In this case, I think it's the other way around. I, I think there probably were another 10 to 30 members of Congress that that are regretting that they were not a part of this. That that, that or if or were part of efforts like this in the past and were afraid if they got linked to this, yes. it might taint it. But I, I actually think there was actually far more support for this. Um, than just the 20 that came forward. And usually that works against us the other way around, right? Okay, and so with that with that being said, now that this precedent has been set, isn't this paradigm shifting news here now? I mean, haven't they now shown this can't be a one-off, right? I mean, they go, they go back, they try to screw us with omnibus bills and things of that nature. These sorts of parliamentarian um, maneuverings could have been could could have been used all this time to blockade some of this stuff but now that now they've shown us that they can do it too so won't we expect them to be willing to do it again if need be that in itself might be the biggest outcome of all the precedent that was set um typically here's the problem we as conservatives like making points oh the world's gonna die if we do this well if you take it to its logical conclusion well you almost need to take up arms, but we're not even requiring that and asking for that just to fight politically. And they won't do it. They actually set the precedent. They're going to do it. They are willing to engage in hostage taking, which is not physical. It's political. And they're willing to use leverage, whatever leverage it takes. So I think you're right. This is not a one off. There's a narrow majority of just five members. Everyone knows for sure that there's that critical mass. Now that you have that critical mass, more people could join. The old issue with the Boehner fights was always the fact that, you know, theoretically you had the numbers, but practically you didn't because each one wasn't certain that the other one would would hold with you. Uh, but now now they know they have a new movement. And I think this is going to reverberate across state legislatures as well. And I plan on covering this a lot. You have a number of supermajority states. We talk about this a lot where Republicans have a supermajority trifecta. So what's the excuse for those states not mm -hmm. looking like um, a conservative version of California and Maryland and Massachusetts? Like Mike Rogers, well, who's got his toupee falling off as he's about to have Lauren Boebert take her high heel off and kick, her, kick his ass with it. He's... He's a rhino from Alabama, okay, as a perfect example yep. of what you're that's that guy has not disturbed has not gotten angry about anything to, enough to disturb his toupee, <laughs> no matter what they did to us or our way of life. But the minute 
the minute some insurgents in there decide, hey, you know, we're going to do things a little bit differently and defy this, he, he, he risks losing his toupee and humiliating himself to fight the people that are supposedly on his own team. Is that an example of what you're talking about? And, well, and he's well, yes, from the allegedly say- red state of Alabama. And I would say certain figures that have been the vanguard of conservative thought uh, acted with that same, you know, and God opened the mouth of the donkey suddenly. Boy, did they find their moxie that I never found that before. But I think the broader point is in all these red states, you they're populated with Republicans like Mike Rogers. So in each state, you might have, you know, a 50 to 5 Republican majority, but there's only 10 conservatives. And until now, they've just been potted plants. But what this demonstrates is that we're just going to say no. We are willing. We cannot go on doing this fake game again. And one of the things I think if your audience is not aware of, I think one place where this is playing out by the hour is in South Carolina. Uh, they formed a Freedom Caucus of about 20 of 70 or so Republicans in the House there. And leadership is making them sign a loyalty oath that they don't take screenshots or pictures of the voting board that just shows you how much they want that racket going on where people don't focus on legislatures and that they'll commit to not campaigning against a rhino incumbent. And they're threatening to kick them out of the caucus. And I have told them, I said, take yes, leave the caucus because that you provide the loincloth for them. Mm-hmm. Everyone's like, Daniel, you can't say the Republicans are like the Democrats. You know why? Because they hear Chip Roy and Ted Cruz and Ron Johnson and, and Thomas Massey, you take those guys out, they're left with a problem. Either they have to continue this milquetoast agenda and they need our votes, or they have to downright go with the Democrats in perpetuity, and then they're fully exposed, and we can finally rectify this, this two-generation-long fraud. We got to change the game, and I think they've demonstrated, those 20, that you could do this. Everyone else fights for their, their prerogatives. We need to fight for ours and stop just making points. To that end, I think it's important that our people will be the ones on things like the church style committee and stuff like that. Because in the past, even if they had relented and given us something like that, they would have stacked it with a bunch of their rhinos, let Trey Gow- the Trey Gowdies of the world question Hillary Clinton and become superstars by pulling her pants down and, and, and become idols in the minds of our people while not knowing that they're screwing us up there with every major vote. You see what I'm saying? So it's going to be our people on those committees. It's going to be our people that are going to be the face of some of that opposition and not just the the people they're grooming as future deceivers of our base. To that end, you saw Ipatch McCain lose his bid to be the chairman of uh, the of the, the Homeland. I think it was Homeland Security Committee. Yep. After calling uh, the going on Fox and a bunch of places and calling uh, Chip and all those and Matt Gates and all those guys. I think he called them insurgents and domestic terrorists. I that has to have something to do with why he lost that vote. It, it absolutely does. Um, and I think that was part of the deal. Mark Green is a Freedom Caucus guy who won that panel. We see Mike Rogers suddenly disappears from the steering committee. So, you know, it does appear like it is being verified. It is being implemented. Now, look, I just had a couple of minutes ago, uh, you know, Dan Bishop, a congressman from North Carolina, one of the lead negotiators, along with Chip Roy on this. And, and he was very sober about this, very balanced. And we're not to the promised land. But it's that point. It gives our guys at least a chance. I was never Never big at this on this seat at the table business because you're not going to fix the ways and means and the energy and commerce committee of those rhinos. But what this does do is it gives us our own sandbox. They might do what they do, but we just need our guys to touch on January 6th, the Fourth Reich, you know, the biomedical tyranny, the transhumanism, um, be willing to go after DARPA and the 
and DOD, which is a bigger problem, you know, than HHS. I'm sick of hearing about this. Oh, the military is all great. Uh, we love our troops. We believe in a military, but if if it's taken over, it's 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 a worse of a tool against our freedoms than any agency we traditionally disliked. So these are guys that I think are going to be on it. They're willing to do it, but again, it's going to take. We're going to have to get to work. We're going to have to start asking for policies, providing them with information. Um, they have limited resources, even given a budget. And I think this is where a new movement is going to arise, where these old thumb-sucking voices are left behind and kind of these new voices that are very smart, dedicated, um, detail-oriented that we saw arise with, with the COVID fascist issue. That's what we're going to need to see um, with this new movement to take down and expose the government and red pill the people. That's the goal. I don't think we're going to fix the federal government. The goal is to protect ourselves from it. And people have to know what's going on. You have to have our guys in there. And again, we can't treat this the way the thumb suckers treat Republican elections. Oh, we won. Let's go home. No, we got possession of the ball. Kind of. Let's make the plays. Good to see you, my friend. Take care. God bless. Same to you you next week. You bet. All right, let's get some reaction. What do you guys think? You know, it's a nice little siesta, this this feeling, this victory. You know, I, I, I've got to think that uh, very important you, you footnote things like war comparisons only go so far. But you, you, you win a battle. You realize there's more grisly battles to come. You know, you just, you just have to forget what the future is sometimes. Uh, and wallow in the now and that's what this feels like um and we and we should and hopefully it's contagious and uh makes people rethink reality itself because the rea- version of reality so many of you uh are stuck at in terms of the trough is not it, it's a road to nowhere so th- th- this was a as good even if it doesn't feel monumental people are already talking about phantom victories in in the house that can't possibly go anywhere in the senate i you know so it's steve's made a career of talking about show votes steve knows trust me if steve sees a show vote that's not worth your time mm-hmm. he's going to tell you about it but that's not what any of this is right in the here and now i think ultimately this is a lesson though um if there were four or five or six more Todd Erzins in Carlisle, would they feel sicking the feel feel more or less comfortable sicking the cops on you at a sports banquet? Much, 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 much less. Less. Mm-hmm. That's just like a handful of people. If there were ten or eleven Shannon Joys in a huge school district like she's in, would they feel more or less arresting her from a school board meeting? They would feel a lot less comfortable doing that. Again. Not to overuse this, I hope that I hope that Kevin McCarthy follows through on all of this. It's really hard for him not to because of the the rule about calling him to account basically any time he tries to renege. But ultimately, this is the Joker. It's not about money. It's about sending a message. That's what this is. Leverage. Just a few. Just a few people standing. Look what it can accomplish. Amen. That'll do it for us today. We'll be back again tomorrow noon to 2 Eastern right after Hall of Famer Glenn Beck here on Blaze TV. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace.
on the Blaze Radio Network.